And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here. Uh, no shoulders today, but what we're, we're going to kind of do something a little different uh, this week. We're going to kind of like a two-part show. Um, today I'm just going to do you know a couple topics, and then tomorrow me and Shoulders are going to get together and record um, the second part of our Stay Tuned Sports show. Plus, we will still have our MMA show tomorrow. Uh, we will record it so that way it's available for you guys uh, Saturday morning. So, a little bit of a different uh, scheduling thing here. Uh, at least for this week, hopefully. It's just that shoulders had to work today. And I know we both, me and him, want to do the show together because it's fun. And want to entertain you guys um, as best as we could. Because I know I'm not the the easiest probably to listen to. You know, when I'm by myself, but uh, I try to do my best, and same thing with shoulders. So, enough of that, of the, the scheduling. A lot of uh, sports talk this week. Um, before we get into what we're going to talk about, head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Uh, follow my personal one at Jimbo ST Sports, as well as shoulders, which is STS O'Brien. Head over to Facebook, like and share our page there. Um, we, you know, put our little uh, little clips on there as well, our little uh, video clips to give you a little insight of what the past episodes, uh, topics, and stuff like that. As well as go over to YouTube um, if you don't want to listen to us on iTunes, Spotify. Or any of those other platforms. You can go over to YouTube and listen to us on there as well. So subscribe to us over there. So. Kind of kick off the show. Today. Um, we're going to talk about Albert Pujols' 2000th RBI baseball. Where did it end up after a couple of months? He hit his 2000th RBI um, back in... June, I believe it was, or something like that. Uh, May. It was May. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. And we're also going to talk about the Bush Light uh, sign guy is back in the news. And once again, past tweets caught up to him. I'll, I'll, I'll get into that and my feelings about that as well. I'm curious, I'd be curious to see how you guys feel about it as well. And being that it's Thursday, tonight's Thursday night game, normally me and Shoulders don't preview it, but it is the Philadelphia Eagles against the Green Bay Packers. Is it a must win for Philly? I don't know. You know, so we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that as well. So getting into the show, like I said, uh, Albert Pujols' 2000th RBI baseball has finally found a home back in like I said May he hit his 2000th RBI and I'm assuming it must have been a home run because Eli Hydes a Detroit Tiger fan actually caught the ball um, and wasn't sure if he was going to keep it or was he going to donate to the Hall of Fame or just flat out give it back to Albert Pujols so after Long consideration of what to do with it, he decided to 
donate it to Cooperstown, to the Baseball Hall of Fame, which I think is probably the right thing to do. Albert Pujols, one of the bigger and, and you know bigger sluggers of our era, and you know probably honestly I, I can't remember if he ever got suspended for steroids. So I mean, in a, a, a time in baseball where they're cracking down on PEDs to be able to still put up 2,000 RBIs, which is a significant number because he is only the third person to ever eclipse 2,000 RBIs in a career. And the two players that he's with, Hank Aaron and Alex Rodriguez. Say what you want to say about Alex Rodriguez with the, the steroids and the you know, um, that situation that he got himself into. Can't say anything about Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron's one of the greatest ball players ever to play. And to be associate, associated with a player like that, you know, you're definitely a Hall of Fame player. Um, so, and it's kind of a you know cool story about Eli Hyde's, uh, about how he came about this decision he actually went to Cooperstown and handed the ball in himself didn't like you know give it to uh, an Angels represent or or Pujols himself and he said and I, I believe this he said he had offers for the ball up up to $50,000 even from the Los Angeles Angels um, they were offering free, uh, free gear uh stuff like that and kudos to him to say you know no I don't want any of that I want to donate it and he donated it in the memory of his um, his infant son that passed away uh, it, his, his son was a, a, a baby basically I think he was like 18 months old I, I read and son was actually named after Cy Young so what Cooperstown kind of did was they put that in there that was donated by him as well as the people of Detroit. You know, I don't know if anybody, I don't know how many of you people have been to Cooperstown, but it's been a very long time since I've been to Cooperstown. I think the last time I went was when I was about 12 or 13 years old when I was still in Little League with my father and you know, as a kid, it was still cool and interesting to see, to read about all these old ball players. And now with all these newer ball players making it into the Hall of Fame with these records that should never, probably would never be broken. And, you know, like Albert Pujols, I definitely do want to get my boys up there. I think they will... uh appreciate baseball a lot more especially you know the, the the one wing of cooperstown they have for the women's baseball um as well as you know again seeing an actual baseball that made history but again i i you know if i was in that situation you know what would i do um if i got a historic ball like that 
you know, fifty thousand dollars is a lot of money. Could pay off student loans, could pay off a house, you know, uh, could buy a brand new car. And this this gentleman said, "No, I'm good. Here, this deserves to be in here." You know, it's very very few times you see stuff like this, and uh, it's nice to see. You know. So kudos to to Eli Hyde. I hope uh, hope this is not the last uh, ball that will be in history for Albert Pujols. Because I mean, I've always kind of liked him. I was, you know, he always came at the game the right way. I mean, I've seen videos of him uh, after a game walking over, taking his jersey off his back, signing it, giving it to the fans like. You know, nowadays when you got the, the Antonio Browns and um, players like that that just are just douchebags, it's good to see some players are still out there that care about the fans and do stuff like this, or like that, I should say. But, uh, so again, kudos to them. Kudos to Cooperstown for making sure it, it's said on there, you know, who, who uh, donated it and putting on there about the, the people of Detroit. Now, last week, me and Shoulders talked about a little bit about um, the, the Iowa State fan who on game day held up a, a sign that said, you know, I'm running out of bush light, need to replenish, send me money, and put his Venmo account on her. Now, at the time of the recording, I thought... I was under the assumption that it only made it up to 150 grand um, between him, Venmo, and um, Bush Light. Well, here it turns out that it was it got up to over a million dollars that he was able to donate to the the hospital that's right behind the Iowa Stadium. Well, unfortunately. Obviously, when you do something nice, I guess, in this world, people want to look for dirt on you to bring you back down. And unfortunately, that's what happened here for Carson King. And the, the even sadder part about this is the writer that went on Twitter, found some old tweets that King did, Carson King, that turned out to be racist. He was 16 years old when he made these comments. And instead of praising Carson King for donating a million dollars, here's Carson King now making a statement about you know being young and naive. Um, and actually, the, the the statement he made was. Um, I had no recollection of it in rereading it today, eight years later, I see it was an attempt at humor that was offensive and hurtful. I'm embarrassed and stunned to reflect on what I thought was funny when I was 16 years old. I want to sincerely apologize. I'm not saying he's wrong or he's right. Sorry about that. I'm not saying he's right for saying what he said when he was 16 years old. 
But the problem is, is he was 16 years old. He's he's unfortunately still immature, just like just like most 16 year olds. And we see this throughout all of social media with athletes. Um, last year, I forget which baseball player it was. Number one overall draft pick. Um, even Josh Allen from the Bills, when he got drafted, came out that he had racist tweets. That's why he fell. He had racist tweets when he was 16, 17 years old. It's pretty sad that we have to go all the way back to when they are kids to find something on them to make a name for themselves. And the funnier part about this writer that found these tweets is when it came out that he found these tweets about Carson King, people start digging into him and he had racist tweets a couple years back that all of a sudden got deleted. So you're trying trying to make a name for yourself, but yet you did the exact same thing when you were mature enough and old enough. This is what's really wrong with the world today. For once, someone... and Again, I'm not condoning him, uh, Carson King, making these racist comments. But what if... Let's take a, a second here and think about this. What if he's doing this, donating this money, as a way to make up for what he did? Michael Vick with, with the dogs. How did he he give back? He gave back to the community. Did um, you know seminars of how you know to 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 you know not break the law? Obviously, no, you know, not the the dog fighting or anything like that. But we see this all the time that when a athlete does something wrong, they come back in a way to teach the younger kids or younger people what not to do so they don't make the same mistakes these athletes did do. And maybe maybe this is what was on his uh, Carson King's conscience that why he wanted to donate it. And if it is, again, I'm not condoning it. It probably doesn't make up for what he did when he was 16 years old. And it turns out it was a, a joke that he was pulling from the TV show Tosh.0. And I'm not, you know, it's a TV show. And if somehow a racist joke made it on onto Tosh.0's uh, show, I don't know how the show stayed on because now nowadays, if you make a racist comment, you get your show canceled and then the rest of the actors on that show do a spin-off and kill you off so you're not associated with that show. We need to stop digging for dirt when someone does something nice. For once, just think, hey, maybe he's legit. Maybe he actually does want to do this for the right reasons. Not to do it for the fame or, or the glory. Just to make himself feel better so he can make other pe people feel better. And again, why is it when we find, quote, dirt on people... If it comes up as kids, why do we go ballistic over it? It's 
they were kids who don't know completely the right and wrong. I mean, I'm sure there's 9 and 10 year olds out there that have Facebooks, that have Twitter, that have Instagram, and I'm sure they're posting jokes on there that are offensive, that they really don't understand how hurtful those are because they're not mature enough to understand it. So if one of those people become an athlete 15 years from from now, we're going to throw stones at them and, and stone them to death because of what they said when they were 9, 10 years old? It is absolutely ridiculous that we hold what a 16-year-old says like they were 25, 30, 40 years old. It's absolutely ridiculous. That's my piece on there. And I'm curious to see what you guys, how you guys feel about it. And obviously, whenever something like this comes out, in a situation like this where Bush Light said they're going to give the donation and Venmo said they're going to give the donation. A lot of times we see those guys pull out and say, nope, I don't want any part of this. We're not doing it. And Bush Light did say that they, they will still honor the donation, but they are cutting ties from Carson King. Turns out they were going to give him free beer for life. That went away now. I didn't see nothing about Venmo. I'm assuming again that you know they would still give the donation, but I mean, you know, why wouldn't you? I mean, it's going towards the the, the hospital, so enough of that. You know, I don't want to get too fired up. Maybe we'll see how Shoulders feels about that um, tomorrow. But before we go, like I said, it's Thursday night football tonight. Kind of recap a little bit of last week's game, preview tonight. Another week of basically no Jordan Howard. You know, I, I don't understand what's going on with him on the team. Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll get to the drop snaps. Or drop football. Um, you know, you got Miles Sanders in there. Fumbles the ball, I believe, twice. I just think they're 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 using Miles Sanders the wrong way. I, I said in the beginning, I know Shoulder said he was all for Miles Sanders come in and you know be the starting running back to snap. I just don't think he's ready for the speed yet. I mean, if you watch him, he's dancing around. He's not hitting those holes. And even this past week, um, we had Spielman as the commentator said, sometimes you just got to earn those yards. Put your feet in that ground and push. And and if you get three, four yards, you know, that's what you got to do. Stop dancing. And that's what Jordan Howard is. Jordan Howard is a LeGarrette Blunt, where he's a north-south runner. And when he did come in last week, he was giving you four, five, six yards of carry. I mean, Jesus, the one run he did, he ran over the defender, put his head down. You heard a smash, and he ran two, three more yards. 
And then as far as the drop balls, listen, I, I understand Alshon Jeffrey was out. Deshaun Jackson was out. Um, Dallas Goder was limited. I think they said he only played seven snaps. But you touch the ball, you got to catch the ball. You know, if you want to be in the NFL and you don't want to be in the XFL next year, you better catch the ball. Now, I will give kudos to, to Mac Hollins. He stepped, up, he stepped up big time. He had some nice catches. Nelson Aguilar. It's like we're back to three years ago. And now, when he does catch it, he turns and just fumbles it away. That play that he, he fumbled the ball, I understand that the, the rule states that he basically he made two steps by turning and, and then made a football move. I still don't think he had full possession as he's turning. It looked like that ball was coming out already. So I, I was surprised that Doug didn't challenge um, didn't challenge that one. And then the, the offensive pass interference. We got called three times on that. The one that I thought was real sketchy was the Darren Sproles. You got a guy that's five, what's he, five seven, five eight, going up against a six foot cornerback. He, he's short armed. So how? Honestly, I think the corner kind of played it off a little bit. Yes, they, did he push a little bit? Probably, but I, you know, I didn't think it was to the point that he extended his arm so that he, it was obvious, you know, and that was a big. And uh, you know, I was still waiting for the makeup call for the face mask that the the refs missed on Miles Sanders. I mean, Jesus Christ, the, the kid is lucky that his neck thing gets snapped. And how to and it, if there was players around when it happened. Okay, you know, maybe we could use the excuse that the um, the refs couldn't see it because the players around. There was no one around him. On top of that, his helmet went flying five yards. How does not anyone say, how did his helmet come off? Not one ref. And the one picture I seen, the ref was looking right at the player, right at the play when it happened. Not a flag. I I just wonder if there's so many rules and you know different situations to figure out. Do we call it this or call it that? Is that why some of these calls are not being called? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not blaming the refs for this this game for this loss. Godert had a, a, a touchdown. Or no, no I'm sorry. Um, JJ had a, had a touchdown that he dropped at the very, very end there. Aguilar had a drop. And to put it into in perspective, for all the Eagles fans that are bashing that Carson Wentz is shit and we lost this game because of him, those seven drops count for 19% of Carson Wentz's passes. 19%. That's the most that has as far as percentage ever happened as far as the drops I believe I saw that's the most drops for wide receivers uh, Philadelphia Eagles wide receivers since 2015 it's absolute 
insanity that these players were dropping balls and easy balls too, not just a uh, you know player a uh, defender coming over the shoulder knocking away, hitting their hands. You know they they got to make a better job uh, of catching these balls. Carson, listen, uh, I'm not defending him because I was in the beginning of the year saying, hey, I think Carson got pulled off this year. We made the right call with letting Foles go. And everybody's saying, oh, well, we should have kept Foles and let Carson go. Uh, Carson can't stay healthy. What happened to Foles? First game, broken collarbone. So if we would let Wentz go and kept Foles, Foles would be out. We would have Nate Sudfeld, Josh McCallum right now. Yeah, we would be doing really good now. But luckily, this week, we have Alshon Jaffrey back. Deshaun Jackson looks like he's still another week away from being back. He's officially rolled out tonight. Um, I think the Jeffrey injury definitely did affect us last week. Hopefully, with him coming back, will help keep the defenses honest a little bit. As long as we have Jordan Howard from snap one starting. Mix in Miles Sanders. Bring him along slowly till, say, November. And then I think by that point, Miles Sanders, one, will be fresh because he's not used to playing 16 games. And he'll 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 be seeing the holes better. He'll I just think he's he'd be a lot better if we bring him along slow, slowly. We brought Jordan Howard in here to get this running game going. Our running game is still the same as it was last year, as far as rushing yards a game. We need to shake something something up. You know, Deuce Daly when we went for that Super Bowl, uh, when we won the Super Bowl, Deuce Daly was doing an awesome job at rotating the players. Now, is Doug Peterson overriding him and saying, no, let's keep Sanders in there, let's keep Sproles in there, sprinkle in Howard here and there? They need to go back to the ground-and-pound running game that got us to the Super Bowl. And that right there is Jordan Howard. Use my I, I even said on Twitter to a couple of the guys, even set up a Miles Sanders-Jordan Howard backfield. Let the defense wonder, who are you going to? And if they're really wondering who you're going to, that's going to open up the pass. It's going to open up so much more for this offense, I believe, if we keep put Jordan Howard in there at least 15 to 20 touches a game. Miles Sanders, he could get 5 to 10 touches a game, whether it's running or passing. So, as far as tonight, though, is it a must-win? I think I, I think it is. I kind of think it is a must-win because if we get Jeffrey back, you know, we used the 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 excuse last week that we didn't have Jeffrey or Deshaun Jackson. It, we got Jeffrey back this this uh, tonight. If we can't get a win, or at least because past two games we were right there. If we can't get a win, I think it's time that Carson holds a team meeting and says, "Guys, what do I gotta do? I, I, you know, I'm throwing you on my back." I mean, there was a play last week 
that the whole offensive line stopped blocking as Carson was still scrambling and then got sacked. That stuff cannot happen. That stuff does not happen on a Super Bowl contending team. Cannot happen. But I think we're going to pull it out. I think we're going to have a bounce back game. Should be a good game. It's going to be a tough game. Green Bay has a good uh, a good defense. The offense is a little bit backed off, but it's Aaron Rodgers. Can never count against them. Be curious to see. Does the drop stop? I mean, I, I did read uh, earlier in the week that Carson did keep the receivers after a couple of the practices to keep throwing it to them to work on the, the drops. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, they are at Lambeau Field. It's going to be loud, but hopefully Philadelphia will pull out the win. With that being said, that's going to be it for tonight. Like I said, tomorrow, me and Shoulders will get together and we'll record part two of this episode. And uh, before I go, head over to Twitter. Follow the show at ST Sports Podcast. Follow myself at Jimbo ST Sports. Shoulders is STS O'Brien. Head over to Facebook and YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. Do all that fun stuff. If you go over to Twitter on our page there, we actually have our Teespring page. If you want to buy shirt, hoodies, whichever, uh, the link's right there. Click that. We would much appreciate that. Until tomorrow, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.